This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering firms. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to your latest episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by James Hardy. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by Liam and Luke. Let's come over to Liam first, down in Sydney, Australia. How are things going, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks for asking, mate. Um, yeah, good, <laughs> good, 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 good accent. Uh, yeah, mate, life's good. Pretty good over here. I'm actually starting to do some, uh, looking to do some renovations uh, on my house. I'm starting to get some... Um, quotes from some different builders and tradies and things like that which is uh which is quite interesting We're starting to do the design stages using some um some actual uh, architecture design tech which is pretty cool We're actually putting uh, mm. a bit of the b1m talent to use you know nice you get in like mm. a design competition inviting inviting designs from hadid foster i mean i'd be up for any 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 architects any interior designers out there if they want to reach out and you know do a knock up for us. Uh, yeah, free of charge. Yeah, that'd be great. yeah. Well, they should. They should. They should be grateful for the commission, shouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah. Get beyond. Yeah, we'll we'll down promote you on the Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Why not, mate? Why not? Why not? How are, How are you going <clears throat> as well, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's been uh, been busy, but we've got lots of good stuff uh, in the pipeline coming out on the B One M and watching some really good content being produced. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting. I'm very excited to see it all drop in the next few weeks. How are things going for you over in? Ethics. Oh, ethics, oi, oi. Yeah, mate, same old, same old. Uh, Liam, I've got a question for you, right? I wrote this Mm -hmm. down and everything. What on earth, and I know you're not from Australia, you're from New Zealand, but you live in Australia. What on earth is Australia Day? What is that? Was that last week? Uh, It's, uh, mate, it's just a public holiday each year, just to... I think just literally celebrate Australia. It's similar to like St. Paddy's Day, St. George's Day in the UK, even though you guys don't get a public holiday nah. for it. Nah. Which is yeah, annoying, really, isn't it? But because yeah, more right. holidays you get is Paddy's great. Day off but... in Ireland, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Maybe they just take it off. <laughs> Maybe I think the assumes. Americans celebrate St. Paddy's more than the actual Irish do. You know, like it's a bigger deal in the US than it is Ireland, I think. Nowadays, yeah, okay. there's a yeah. there's there's a day in New Zealand called uh, Waitangi Day, which is which is a public holiday as well. Which is I think it's signing of the treaty back in the day. No, yeah, I just didn't know what it was, mate. I was like, Australia Day. What? It just sounds like a Poundland version of St George's Day or like Independence Day. I was like, what? Yeah, what? but that's my what? ignorance. I didn't know. As in a, as in a pound pound version. That's yeah, shocking. because it. 
But it's just called like ah oh, St Patrick's Day, Independence Day. No, Australia Day. Like it's like going to yeah, you know Kazakhstan, being like, oh, it's Kazakhstan Day. Why is it Kazakhstan? Ah, oh, it's just we need a day. We feel left out. Everyone else has got a day, so why not? Why not give ourselves a day? But listen, I'll um I'll have a little read about it, and you know after the show or something, I'll educate myself. Yeah, because I'm obviously being <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> We've got an awesome little show coming up for you today, guys. A right little banger. We're talking about the race to save the Panama Canal, followed by Oklahoma's near mega-tall skyscraper announcement and the world's highest spokeless Ferris wheel over in South Korea. Whole episode, as ever, is going to be sprinkled with some of your messages and comments from the week. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about the race to save the Panama Canal, a very cool video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Now, as you know, the Panama Canal connects two of the world's biggest oceans, the Atlantic and the Pacific. But right now, it's suffering from a pretty strange problem. It's running out of water. And that's what this video is all about. The Panama Canal running out of water and the desperate race to save it in time before it gets, well, before it can't be used anymore. It's a big deal because billions of dollars of global trade and almost half of all US sea freight passes through here every year. 6% of the world's shipping goes through the 82km Panama Canal, right? So it not being usable anymore is going to cause problems. Now, the lack of water at the minute is reducing the number of ships that can pass through each day, which is creating these massive traffic jams out in the ocean on either side of the canal. So boats can't really get through. If you're the unlucky captain of one of those ships in that traffic jam, you've basically got three options. You can take a very long detour all around the bottom of South America and back up again, uh, or pay big bucks for priority passage, or just join the back of the queue and wait it out. Uh, any one of those you do is going to push up the price of whatever you're carrying. So that's going to be, you know, it's going to start hitting supply chains soon. It's going to start hitting the cost of goods in shops and stuff for us. So the Panama Canal is obviously a triumph of engineering. It helped launch the US as a global power over a century ago. But its ingenious design has left it pretty vulnerable to this very modern problem. So the lack of water in the canal is being caused by climate change. Mm. Uh, reducing rainfall has meant that over the last decade, there just hasn't been enough water to keep the canal running as efficiently as it should be running. There's now a major plan in place to try and fix the problem, which is what we're looking at in this video uh, but the race is on, literally. They're not sure if they can fix this thing in time before global supply chains and a huge part of Panama's economy starts to dry up. Oh, starts to dry up. Very good. Nice, Very good, nice pun. Yeah. It's crazy how reliant we are as a society around the world on wonderful infrastructure. And it's not until stuff goes wrong or if stuff breaks that we notice it. You know, that's a testament yeah. to great infrastructure and great projects like the Panama Canal. Like, I think some people are saying, yeah, this is like a wonder of the world, isn't it? A modern wonder of the world, what they're able to do at Panama. Yeah, and I would agree with that. It's an extraordinary feat of engineering that, like you say, so much of the world's, the world's supply chain and the goods services how long we wait for things to be delivered to us all of it all of it all comes from and is relied on the panama canal to a large extent so mm. for it now to be facing problems and the most unusual of problems is yeah interesting but as you say luke underlines the power of infrastructure yeah so when's the price of my phone going to go up then 
has been shipped. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a Panama Canal tax, isn't there? I'm not sure. So I think if you're in the US, you might be uh, affected by this more so. In Europe, we're going to be less affected, I believe. Right. Still affects a little bit, but less affected. Um, it's worth looking back at the history of the Panama Canal, right? So just rewinding into how it was built, how it was designed, and why that's now it's basically basically its Achilles heel. Why that's why the way it was designed is now causing problems in how it's functioned. So pull out a map, look at the world map, look at North America and South America. It makes perfect logical sense to put a canal through that that middle section, the middle isthmus. Uh, but the ground conditions there mean that building it was anything but straightforward. In 1869, uh, a French engineer called Ferdinand de Lissip completed work on the Suez Canal, which was a massive achievement and made him like a household name engineer in France. Then in 1880, he began work on the Panama Canal. Now, de Lissip wanted to build a huge canal, just as he'd done at Suez, which would allow ships to pass through at sea level. So basically, he wanted to just dig a flat canal from one ocean to another, a flat sea level canal but panama's tropical jungle was a pretty far cry from the egyptian deserts most of the soil in that canal area is composed of soft crumbly clay which becomes even more unstable when it's wet now the team insisted on this sea level design despite the clear problems it posed and sure enough as soon as they started building the sides of the canal kept caving in kept falling away so that to make it wider and wider and wider there's this area called the Calibra Cut, which we talk about in the video, where, again, they tried to make it a sort of a steep-sided canal, and they just kept digging and digging and digging. It got wider and wider and wider. They eventually abandoned uh, that part of the canal. To make matters worse, the wet conditions uh, destroyed the primitive steam shovels they were using, causing them to rust. And worst of all, tropical diseases tore through the workforce, killing laborers <sighs> and chief engineers alike. Now, I'm someone, when I go on holiday to a tropical location. My wife doesn't get bitten, but I will, I will be like the elephant man. I'll get bites <laughs> oh, all mate. over me. It's you'd like putting on a buffet. Yep, yeah. you'd be like, and I just think about this. I think about this story. I'm like, I wouldn't last five minutes. In that <laughs> well. I, I was reading that it was 408 deaths per 1,000 workers. Oh, yeah, what? I think it was one of the, I think it's the, the most deaths or one of the most deaths like per construction project ever. Yeah, 22,000 people died trying to build the first attempt at the Panama Canal. That's Unreal. wild, isn't it? You'd be and this isn't it. even long ago, is it? That's what's crazy. 1904 isn't a million miles away, and yet you yeah, look at this how was, the industry's changed, right? Yeah, you're right. This, yeah. was, this was late 1800s, so they, the French abandoned this attempt, basically. It was just too difficult. 280 million US dollars went into building it. Uh, it bankrupted the projects. Uh, this this engineer, Delisette, was actually put on trial back in France, so he kind of had a huge fall from grace. Uh, it then sat abandoned for a few years, and it wasn't until 1904, Luke, when the Americans then picked it up and said, right, we're going to take over this project and try and do something. Ah, uh, right. Now, right. to avoid the kind of impossible task of digging through all this unstable soil, the US came up with this very clever idea of raising the canal up and over the land using locks. So they built three sets of locks at either coast to raise ships 26 metres up above sea level and then carry them uh, through a new lake in the middle and the Calubra Cut, which was finally completed, much larger than it was originally supposed to be. They built a dam across the uh, Charges River, which created a huge new artificial lake, which made that central part of the canal. 
uh, and then using new machinery and taking advantage of breakthroughs in tropical medicine, which weren't around for the previous terms of the canal, they managed to get the teams in, get the canal built, and it opened 10 years later, which was pretty incredible. Um, but it just shows, I think, advancements in, well, A, taking a completely new approach to how you build it was pretty fundamental, mm. but advances in machinery and medicine, I find super interesting as well to enable them to combat those diseases. Was there, was there like a development with concrete or anything like that along around about that time that helped them when the Americans took over? I was just thinking the earlier guys when they were trying to, um, when the sides were caving in from the clay, I was wondering if there was any developments from concrete from then until when the Americans essentially took over. I don't know, mate. It's a a good question, actually. I don't know. I know that part of what the Americans were doing was not trying to dig, not trying to dig as deep. I mean, the Calibra car, you you would do a cross-section of it in the video, it ended up being absolutely massive by the time they finished it because you were digging through a, you know, very, digging very deeply through a soft area of land. But they were Mm. digging to a lesser extent than the French were trying to. Um... But yeah, I don't know. There are some fantastic. Actually, I put them on Twitter a few months ago. I'll share them again. But there was there's some fantastic like uh, archive pictures of the Panama Canal being built, and you just see these people like walking past these lock gates. They're absolutely vast. They're like multi-story buildings rising above them. The extent and scale of the concrete is it is an, it is an astonishing feat of engineering. It really is. I found it interesting that um, this was one of the first things that really put the US as kind of like a global superpower on the map. You know, like that sphere of influence of the Americas and influence on uh, international trade, that sort of thing. I was like, wow, this is that's this is this is kind of where it started. And of course, like years later, the First World War kind of you know cemented them as a military power as well. Um, yeah, really interesting. It's just stuff. This is stuff that maybe I've heard about, you know, on 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 the on my journey in life, and yet having it all in this video, yeah, it was really eye opening, mate. Really, it's, it's one of those pieces of infrastructure that we that we take for granted for now, and it feels like a no-brainer mm. today. But mm-hmm. it changed the world, you know, yeah. creating that shortcut from the Atlantic to the Pacific to save ships having to go all the way down around Cape Horn and back up again, you know, underneath the the bottom side of South America and back up again was was huge, absolutely yeah. huge. It's an astonishing feat of engineering, and like I say, one that changed the world. And that's a dangerous voyage, isn't it? Doing the doing it the is. kind of yeah under south america i've got a friend who is super wealthy and she's gone on a trip to antarctica uh she's actually still on the trip at the moment and i've been seeing like her instagram pictures and stuff and she went up mate the boat trip is just unbelievable from like argentina to to antarctica it is just so choppy and um Mm. and yeah we're doing that with like modern devices with modern machinery yeah yeah you can imagine what it was like so yeah something like the panama was like a blessing wasn't it for a lot of companies for a lot of people yeah there's a point at the very bottom of south america i think there's actually a town there i believe it's called fin del mundo which is like basically end of the world it's where the world finishes you can't go any further south than that is what they kind of named it um and it's named that obviously because it's the very most southern tip of South America, but because it is like the seas out there are so rough going around like wow. you've got the currents. You can see the currents on 
you know, sort of Google Earth maps of, of the globe zoomed out, you know, from space, you can see the, the way the current pulls around that corner. So, yeah, it's it having this shortcut, having the Panama Canal is one of those things that we take for granted now, but actually change the world. Same with Suez, it should be said. Obviously, Suez Canal was built sooner and it was a bit of an easier construction than this one. But those two shortcuts are a huge part of how international shipping functions. Yes. Did you did you know that they had like priority lanes? So you can pay more to to get express <laughs> express through the canal. I I had no idea they did that. <laughs> so that's something like where the fees was like four hundred grand, and then they paid four million to get yeah. to the front of the line. Yeah. <laughs> what was on that ship? Like, what, what was that urgent to get it through? Just, yeah. Uh, there's so many things I could joke about and say yeah. right now, but I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to say, mate. It. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the the passport lane at the airport, isn't it? Or, or my old uh, my Disney fast track analysis, you know, <laughs> uh, um, comparison. Yeah. Lightning lane. Lightning yeah. lane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, wherever there's a queue in the world, there's an opportunity to jump it by paying a bit more. I know. Chicky so and so. Who runs the Panama? By the way, is it is it the the state runs it? Panama, the country, or is it like with uh, supervision from the US? Or like how how does it work? This is a Let good question. I don't yeah. know the answer to who runs that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. But yeah. going back to the people paying, there's obviously there's there's a fee for using the Panama Canal, but then people are paying these enormous fees on top to get to get through it. The minute like you say four million dollars, if you've got you know, an entire industry or mm. you know, your sales for the next three quarters, depending on products that are currently stuck in the Panama Canal, then paying four million to get them through might not be that big a number in the bigger context of the business you're trying to run. You know, that's that's mm. how much is, is at stake with this canal. Mm. Absolutely. Do you know if any average punter? can use the canal say if you're sailing around the world and i'm like whoa don't fancy the hike down <laughs> down around argentina to get around <laughs> south america i might just cut through the canal <laughs> i'm a good question like can you go through on a paddleboard can you go through on a rubber ring I just like you could squeeze it some, some of the footage of like the massive containers i'm like you could probably squeeze behind that oh apparently yeah there are four <laughs> options for how a small boat can go through the canal yeah, so that uh, and there's photos here. That's wild. So they've got little, yeah. They've there's literally like these little yachts going through the canal as well. That's wild. There you go. It's a canal for everyone. Liam's bringing all the I right wonder questions what, today. Wonder what he? the fee would be for that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the lightning lane would be. <laughs> Less than Disney. If you get there, if, you, if you've just rowed across the Atlantic and you're like. Don't fancy going around South America. <laughs> and the bloke's just, like, it's going to be 200 grand to go through. But like, I just take it, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, can you, can you, Panama- and, and sorry, one more question. I don't know if, I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this as well. <laughs> if you're in Panama, can you just go and have a look at it? Because if you're in Panama, this would be quite an interesting thing to see. I, I can't imagine you can obviously walk right up to it, but is there like viewing platforms and things you can go check out? Okay, Liam comes yeah, with all the questions that I've answered. Sorry. Yeah, I think there probably is. Also, it's not, you've got to bear in mind, this isn't like one big concrete canal. You've got locks at either end, and there's a big yeah. artificial lake in the middle. So 
there's sort of different bits of it. I mean, obviously, the, the, the two ends, the two locks are vast. They're epic. They're incredible to look at. But it's not one long concrete canal. Yeah, Speaking seems... of concrete, yeah. there was um, <laughs> more than four and a half million cubic yards of concrete went into the locks and dams. Wow. Mm. Pretty impressive. Jeez. That's crazy. Anyway, so the, obviously the, the Panama Canal existed. <laughs> All these questions I can't answer. Let's move on. Uh, Panama Canal existed for a very long time, you know, over a century. Very successful little shortcut. But in recent years, it started to struggle because there's been a huge drought. Now, it takes nearly 200 million litres of water to pass one ship through the locks, right? The newest set of locks are able to recapture about 60% of that, but the canal mainly relies on the rainy season, which runs from May to December, to top up its general water levels. But in 2015, the rainy season was the driest in over a century due to climate change. Now, it's caused by El Nino, uh, which is a weather phenomenon which affects Central and South America, causing rain in some areas and droughts in others. I've massively simplified that but I'm just kind of explaining that there's a weather phenomenon called El Nino that causes this. Now, El Ninos occur every few years, but climatologists said this one was particularly bad because of climate change, and they warned they'd become more frequent and more severe in the future, and that's exactly what's been happening. Scientists were right. 2023 was the longest prolonged dry spell in the canal's history. Normally, up to 40 ships are capable of going through it every day, but in November last year, it was cut down to 24 and they think it could be cut down even further. So that is a massive drop in capacity, which is causing this massive traffic jam. Last August, there were 160 ships queuing to pass through the canal. And the largest of the ships, the, uh, they're called the Neo Panamax containers. They're really, really big container ships. They're having to carry 40% less cargo so they can sit higher in the water, in the shallow water in the canal, and not scrape along the bottom. So no. this is a this is a big old issue right here. Yeah, yeah, that's absurd. But how how do you fix something like that? What can you do? Well, good link, Luke. Ah, good link. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that that is where this ingenious new scheme comes in. First devised in the late nineties, it's now being reconsidered. Uh, basically, what they want to do is create an artificial lake by damming another river, the Indio River, which is kind of north of the Panama Canal a bit. Mm. Uh, and then divert the fresh water from the lake that forms behind that dam down into Lake Gatton, which is the, again, I've not pronounced that right, but it's the main artificial lake that Panama Canal runs on, by digging a new eight-kilometer tunnel under the mountains. So I want to go and create another reservoir on another river and then dig a tunnel to divert the water from that reservoir down into the Panama Canal, which would solve the issue. But like any infrastructure project in the 2020s, there's opposition to it. A 2006 law, which allowed the expansion of the canal's locks, banned the canal's authority from constructing any more reservoirs. So for this plan to go ahead, that law would have to be overturned, and locals don't want that to happen. There's lots of protests happening. Uh, so they basically, they, they've got this solution. They just can't go on and build it. We've got the return of the uh, reservoir versus reservoir uh, debate as well now. Yeah, you How do you say it? Reservoir. <laughs> you need reservoir. At least it's construction related. It's not like pasta or pasta. <laughs> cicada. <laughs> it's cicada. Yeah. yeah. Cicada. 
it's okay. crazy. So they they have to dam up another load of water to supply the water, the new water yeah. into the old this canal. Is, <laughs> this is the thing. So there's lots of protests and opposition to it. They can't overturn this law. But I'm wondering at what point international pressure from like other major vested countries and partners are going to be like, hang on a minute, can you just get on and yeah. fix this canal, please? Yeah. Mm. Oh, but wouldn't you wouldn't you imagine that? Uh, it would be in the interest of Panama to fix this. Well, I, th- right? I think because it is. I think they're just they're just struggling to get the votes in Parliament to get it through. But why um, would you vote I, I, against I, that? I don't know. People mm. don't want damage to habitats, and I guess creating a new well, reservoir is going to flood yeah, a big part of the country. So, are they worried about running out of water if they take all the water from that? Well. It, so the the India River will fill; it runs naturally. So if they build a dam across it, they will naturally create an artificial lake. Um, but I mean, the, the bigger challenge here is the fact that there's a changing climate, and this is going to be a permanent issue. It's not going to change back again. So uh, they're going to have to find a new sustainable source of water, and damming a river is the most obvious way of doing that. I don't see how else they can fix the Panama Canal. At the minute, mm. it's a big problem. As I said, loads of capacity uh, being being held back at the moment because of this issue other countries in the region have cottoned on though they have seen the uh, benefit of the panama canal they have seen what the panama canal did to panama in terms of boosting its economy and growth and they want a bit of that action now that the panama canal is on the ropes so in may nicaragua's foreign minister talked up the idea of a partnership with belarus to build a canal across his country uh, that was a route actually originally looked at by the US in the 1900s, but it was abandoned because it was a bit further. They basically went for the shorter option down at Panama. Um, obviously, Nicaragua and Belarus, two fine upstanding members of the international community, uh, <laughs> looking to take advantage of uh, a new shortcut. They could kind of, uh, you know... Um, this, these are accusations and allegations that are unfounded, but I can imagine those countries kind of holding the rest of the world hostage a bit to use their canal. Yeah. Yeah, Russia yeah. gets the lightning lane every time in that canal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anything <laughs> Allegedly. A, it's not, yeah. just, it's oh. not just Nicaragua and Belarus, not just picking on those guys. Um, in 2022, Florida-based company Zigotran uh, launched an attempt to build a 130-kilometer-long tunnel in neighboring Colombia, which would transport shipping containers coast-to-coast on maglev trains in just 30 minutes. So their idea was you unload the container ships... You put the containers on uh, fast-moving maglev trains, the kind of which we're seeing being built in Japan right now. They zip across Colombia in 30 minutes to the other coast. They get put on a different ship, which is... Now we're, now we're talking. That's <laughs> quite cool. Uh, but the strongest challenger uh, is the uh, is Mexico's Interoceanic Corridor, right? So they are, this is currently under construction. When it's completed, it's going to ferry freight and passengers 300 kilometers uh, via road and rail links across the country from one coast to the other. Now, just like the Nicaraguan Canal, this isn't exactly new. A railway first opened here in 1907 along this route, but it basically went out of business when the Panama Canal opened seven years later. So what they're trying to do now is revive that railway. Uh, They started freight services running again in September 23. And they're hoping that new freight railway, moving freight from coast to coast, is going to be a good old competitor to the Panama Canal. So you've got Nicaragua, Colombia, Mexico, and then a country that's not even from the region, Belarus, um, all shipping in to try and take advantage of the Panama Canal being uh, being knocked down a peg. 
I don't get the Belarus involvement. What? Where's the funding, it, mate? I don't. Have they got the funds to <laughs> fund fund it? Just seems like so left field, doesn't it? At first, when I heard yeah. it in the video, I was like, "Hang on, what? Who?" I thought yeah, it's like it's like China building building infrastructure around the world uh, and loaning countries the money to do it. It's about soft power and influence. It's like influence. if you own if you own a major shortcut for all the world shipping, that puts you in a different negotiating position at the yeah. UN or other other talks. You know. You've got something to wave in front of people. It's like, well, if you pick on us, we're going to block your canal. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. I'm just surprised there's the cash for it. Um, but the Mexican yeah. the Mexican one is interesting, isn't it? You know, Mexico seems to be a country that's uh, putting a lot of money into projects. Obviously, we covered the Mayan, the train Maya, um, what, like a year or so ago, something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? And yeah, I I think competition and options are a good thing. We don't want to be just solely reliant on the Panama Canal, do we? You know, as, no, as I'm expecting as a Ryanair community. Mm. I'm expecting Ryanair to pop up at some point. Michael Leary go down there, jump on the bandwagon money. I'd be Richard down Branson, for that. He's the kind of guy mm. that will take advantage of this. Have anyway. you ever watched uh, Ryanair's TikTok? You've been on Ryanair's TikTok. Ryanair on yeah. Twitter is absolutely gold. I love Ryanair oh, on Twitter. They are they are the best. Like their marketing department, their comms team is just—it's got to be one of the best in the world. Uh, worth saying. Uh, this is going back to my little idea to have a business that names infrastructure projects. Mexico's <laughs> in- interoceanic corridor is a good name for your project, yeah. right? The interoceanic corridor. Yeah. How dramatic. Do you reckon? I'd, I'd call it the portal, the interoceanic, <laughs> the portal transporter portal. Like, boom. <laughs> yeah. oh, I like that one as well, mate. I like that one yeah. as well. Pitch it to him. Get involved, mate. Pitch it to him. DM them on Instagram, and I'm sure we'll get we'll get a response. <laughs> Oh, anyway, guys, let us know what you think of the Panama Canal's current problems and the plan to fix it. Now, if you're one of the captains uh, of one of these ships who just like sat twiddling your thumbs in the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean and you're listening to this podcast, give us a, give us a review, send us your email, subscribe, watch a few B1M videos while you're killing your, yeah, kicking your heels. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, but if you're not one of those captains or you're stuck on one of those ships, uh, let us know what you think, guys. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. So today's episode is sponsored by James Hardy. James Hardy is the world's number one producer and marketer of fibre cement cladding and a market leader in Europe for fibre gypsum products. Their smart innovations, paired with local expertise, set new standards in product design, value and sustainability. Innovative products include the Hardy Architectural Panel, one of the most forward-thinking products when it comes to fibre cement cladding, customisable to any colour to make every project unique, while the A2 fire-rated Hardy panel offers facade cladding at an affordable price, perfect for your next residential or commercial projects. There you go, Liam. Get some Hardy panels on your renovation works, mate. I'll sort you right out. Mate, I, to be honest, I actually need to do some cladding on the uh, outside of my house, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit maybe you I'll go, reach mate. out. You, you, want, you want the fantastically named Hardy architectural panel or the A2 fire-rated Hardy panel. These, these products have got great names. I love this. Guys, you can visit the James Hardy website now to learn more about the diverse range of products. The link is down there in the podcast description. 
But if you can't use your hands right now, if you, maybe you're cleaning or you're mucking out the horses or you're driving, something like that, uh, it is jameshardy.co.uk. It is Hardy IE, not with a Y. So it's James Hardy, H A R D I E.co.uk. All one word. Go and type that in. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, uh, who is this James Hardy guy? Is it Tom Hardy's brother? You know, flat out working on his own, making all these architectural panels. You'd be wrong. <laughs> very, very big company founded way back in the 1800s by a guy called James Hardy, funnily enough. Uh, now an enormous company and a market leader around the world. Really great products, really great team. Guys, get them going on your latest project. Tell them you heard about it on the World's Best Construction Podcast. Uh, and as I said, you can get more details over on jameshardy.co.uk. Also in the news this week, we are talking about Oklahoma's near Megatall skyscraper. Now, this was first announced back in December, uh, December 23, but they've gone and made this building even taller, right? So they originally, there were plans for a 533-meter new skyscraper in the middle of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which is a place not really known for skyscrapers, doesn't really have the density to demand uh, a megatall skyscraper. But anyway, they've announced this thing. Uh, I should say megatall is 600 meters, so we're not quite in the megatall category, but it's near megatall. They announced plans in December for 533 meter building. It's going to be the second tallest building in the US. They've now, in the last week gone and stuck a big old spire on top of the designs taking it up to 581 meters which would make it the tallest building in the entire u.s and the western hemisphere overtaking new york's one world trade center now this is a new development on a very small i think three acre site uh mixed use thing you've got you know your usual commercial retail residential spaces hotel but then this massive, massive skyscraper in the middle of it, which is kind of, as you might imagine, anchoring the whole thing and getting the development a lot of attention. Uh, Oklahoma City's current tallest skyscraper is a mere 257 metres, the Devon Tower. So for this to come in there and and be built on this scale, in this area, in Tornado Alley in the USA, is pretty shocking now this new height we're obviously talking the metric system here but this new height when you convert it to imperial is 1907 feet or 1907 feet Uh, and that is the year that oklahoma was granted statehood so there's a bit of a nod to that um i'm not sure i know where to begin with this one it's (laughs) it's a part of the uh the the boardwalk at bricktown development which is going on what do you guys think? This can't be real, right? They can't be actually doing this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> I love that. I love that in the background. I'm pretty sure you could just see someone's like suburban house <laughs> just in the background. And you can have <laughs> the tallest Joe Exotic, mate. Joe Exotic is from Oklahoma. Should we build uh, a cluster of scut? No, no cluster tallest building in america one of the tallest buildings in the world yeah why not why not if you want to put your name well, like no no, no hang, on, on, hang on hang on why i've not? got a lot of reasons why not i've got no. a lot of reasons why not go on what what tornadoes first of all like the place is known for tornadoes the engineering of that building would have to be extreme why are you spending so much time and energy to put that much floor space down in oklahoma city where it's not like a 
It's not a major city. It's not a major capital. We don't need to. How are you going to get the oh, return yeah. on investment from building a building that big? Where's the expertise? Where's the supply chain? Where's the planning control that allows you to build something that tall in an area with that low rise density? I, I could it, go on. It, it looks like it's being built in a residential suburb. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that first that first render. Yeah, oh, wow, that's someone's house. That's, that's a house. Yeah. Someone in the comments has said uh, Burj Khalifa. I know. I love that. I love that. It's the most liked comment. <laughs> um, just trying to understand: is there like a sporting venue there? Like, what's this? The Broadway Walk? What is it? The Boardwalk? The Boardwalk at, at Bricktown? I don't. There's obviously it's this mixed crazy. use podium because there's always is a mixed it near use the podium. basketball stadium? I think it's because well, it's, yeah, it's got a picture of um Thunder, the Thunder team. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know Oklahoma. It, it, for me, in my head, it's most famous for tornadoes and Joe Exotic. What? Is, <laughs> just Joe, Joe Exotic? Is it? Yeah, that's where his zoo was, yeah. I like that in the render, <laughs> at the uh, ground level, the mixed juice bit, you've got chronic tacos. I want to know what makes them so chronic, or if it just gives you chronic, chronic tacos. you know, constipation or diarrhea. I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I think um, all, all in all, mate, all in all, I think it's absolutely wild, but I can't lie. Um, is it stupid? Yeah, but I'm here for it. Why not build it? It'll, it'll be, we're talking about Oklahoma. Would we have been yeah. talking about Oklahoma without this? And Probably that's not. The point. That's the point. I'm wondering if they've gone and announced this huge skyscraper to put their development on the map and get everyone talking about it. We've never talked about Oklahoma on the B1M. No. Never. No. Yeah, here we are. I, I can't see this being built. I'm sorry. I, I can see it being made significantly shorter and going ahead, but I can't see the tallest building in the US being built in Oklahoma. Oh, I'm calling mate, it now. Could you imagine? I'd be so here for it. I'd be so here for it. <laughs> you can clip that. You can clip that little soundbite and play it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, let us know what you think about that one. Uh, the Burj Oklahoma. Do you like it? Are you in support of it? Is it going to happen? Uh, swinging over now to South Korea, where, again, project I've never seen the likes of before. The world's tallest spokeless Ferris wheel has been announced. Right, This is designed by UN Studio, 180 meters tall. It's called the Seoul Twin Eye. It's going to have 64 glass passenger pods revolving around these two fixed tracks. It's basically this huge sort of ring that's been constructed and then you've got these glass pods running on like funicular tracks some go around the outside some go around the inside it looks epic it looks very very cool but what do you guys think of this one again i've never seen a project like this i think it looks cool it's very futuristic i think it's like the london eyes iconic like wheels like that are you know the it's kind of old school when you look at this i think this is like the yeah. new generation of ferris wheels Mm-hmm. Someone's commented, "Why is the BLM now covering fake projects?" <laughs> like, <laughs> genuinely, it's been announced by <laughs> by the Korean government and UN Studios. So, <laughs> Korean government has announced it as well. Well, it, it was shared by them. Interesting, I imagine, because it's a pre high profile project. I think it looks good. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. I, I think this is outstanding. I think this is marvelous. And I think that since, let's be honest, yeah, since the London Eye, 
you know, like big city Ferris wheels and big city kind of tourist attractions like like the London Eye. Um, they've built one in Vegas, right? You got the um, Eye in uh, Dubai and stuff. They all they're not they're all just like yeah, but it's not the London Eye, is it? Because it, the London Eye has been there, done that. No. It's, it's just it's more iconic. This has gone well. Okay, all right then. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's make a crazy design that looks like it's from a, a Denny Villeneuve like sci-fi film. It, it, it's uh, yeah, wonderful, it, mate. Wonderful. Design. It's going to be a landmark. I've never seen yeah. anything like it. It's eye-catching. It's different. It's futuristic, and it's instantly going to become very shareable, very visitable. Uh, and really help not the soul needs to put it on the map but it's going to give it another major landmark you know it's going to help it you know drive a lot more tourists the debate in the comments and i have got this uh, question as well is is it technically a ferris wheel is it not just an arch with some pods going around it now the definition of a ferris wheel this is wikipedia ladies and gents so you know i'm just just being very Ooh. open about the fact this Ooh. is just a wikipedia but it says a ferris wheel is an amusement ride consisting of a rotating upright wheel with multiple passenger carrying components attached to the rim in such a way that as the wheel turns, they are kept upright, usually by gravity. <laughs> now, right. <laughs> I'm not sure that what you and Studio have designed is technically a Ferris wheel. I mean, it's a spokeless Ferris. I don't, it's, 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 the thing isn't turning, is it? No. It's wheel shaped. The chain or the track is turning, right? Yeah, true. Anyway, do you have you guys been on the London Eye? Like, do you guys do these? If you go to a new city and they have one of these, do you go check it out? Not anymore. No. I've, been, I've been the London Eye, but I'm not in other cities. No, London Eye is high. It is when you go up on it, you realise that actually there's not that much under you. It's just a few sort of wires and bits of metal. It's a bit disconcerting. Yeah. Mm. I, can't, I kind of figured that before I got on it. Right? <laughs> I mean, once you're on it, it's higher than you think. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I did it when it was uh, when the sun was setting. So um, nice. Yeah, when you're going down, it was light. When you're going up, it was light, and then you're coming down, the city lights turned on. It's quite cool. Yeah. Uh, a few comments it. on this. So uh, Matthew saying it's game changing for Ferris wheel tourism. Watch out, London Eye. Uh, other people saying it's very special design. Someone else saying it's giving them braces vibes. It looks like the <laughs> looks like you've teeth braces with tracks on, which I do kind of see. Um, bit cruel, but yeah, there's a few, yeah, few interesting comments in this one. Lots of people saying it's exciting. It's very different. Uh, yeah, exciting. Yeah, I love it, mate. Big fan. Big fan. Maybe I'll go to Korea one day. I'd like to. I'd like to go to Korea. A lot of people say, oh, while you're over in Japan, go visit Korea. So I might have to do that. Yeah, it's just next door, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, okay, what have we got in the inbox this week, Luke? Who's written to us in a nice, constructive, supportive way? Right, okay. So first, we've got a few messages. We've got an email. Uh, Bjorn Johansson says, Hey guys, I'm a long fan of the pod and viewer of uh, the YouTube channel. He works in construction um, and he goes through a few like projects he's worked on, but he's never been on a project that we've discussed on the pod. So he finds it really interesting when he listens to us talking about his 
profession. He just thinks that that's like there's some irony there. But he goes on to say, as of lately, you've been putting up several videos of compilations on sorts of projects. So, you know, those like long form videos that that we've been posting. The B1M back to back. That's right. Yeah, back to back. He goes on to say, I wonder if you have some of all of China's mega projects going on. Um, yeah, and he uses an example of the, is it Shul, Shulio Bridge? Shula, <laughs> Shulo stop, Bridge? Just stop. Shulo Bridge? Just stop. Do, you, do you know which bridge I'm talking about? I'm developing a rule now. If you can't pronounce it, just try and say that bridge in China. Near. That bridge in China. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, it's, quick question it's on a good that. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on. no, good question. So those compilations are proving very popular, doing very well. Uh, and yeah, we've got them for all kinds of things. And one on China's mega projects is definitely one we're looking at. So yes, yeah. mate, it's coming. And uh, hopefully we cover one of your projects soon. Maybe email us in some of the projects you're working on and we'll see if they fit the bill. Yes. I doubt they will, but you know. Yeah, you, well, you never know, do you? You never know. No. Um, we've got a funny comment here as well from Marina that I've just got to, I've got to read out who says, uh, Marina Tawella, who says, I remember the episode with the Prince Albert story. It made me laugh so much, I couldn't believe I was listening to a construction potty. There was a promise to get the piercing. I think it's time. Was there a promise? <laughs> no, I think, I think that was if what? we got to number one. That was if we got to number one in the <laughs> podcast charts. <laughs> Which obviously is never going to happen. We're definitely so. for the industry. We're definitely on top for the industry. No, 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 the no. The, the, not like number one podcast in the world. Yeah, like oh, being, being, like being Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if all of our YouTube viewers was tuned in, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. Great memory. Yeah. I know. It's so specific. <laughs> I just like. I think it's wishful yeah, thinking. Prince, to be honest, wishful thinking. Hearing the Prince Albert story, I could believe I was listening to a construction podcast. No, no, we thought that too. We that <laughs> to hit us. Yeah, imagine how I felt on the beach. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and another comment we got recently, right, was from Alexander Cop, who, who commented, "Barack Obama approves this poddy." Smiley face. Like I don't, I don't get it. Is that? Did well, we I'm say trying to get Barack, that... I? I'm trying to get Barack for the old uh, presidential library. That's so, right. Yeah. If anyone's got his number, that's right. Yes. Um, we can name. Yeah. We can name it. Yeah. I think it's currently being called the Obama Presidential Center. But we can come up with something better than that. Um, last but not least, Julian Moan or Monet says, check out the Toronto Blue Jays Stadium in Canada. They were the first to have a hotel built into their stadium and have had some issues with guests knowing or not knowing being caught in <laughs> some kind of act, so to speak. It's very wow. good. Julian. Thanks. Oh, I think our listenership is is filth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll look at that. That sounds guys. interesting. We'll catch interesting. up on some more Spotify comments next week too. So, yeah, absolutely. Keep them coming in, guys. Thank you so much for your reviews, uh, your feedback. Also, if you're on Spotify, there's a very simple five star button. Please go and click it. It's easy to do. It mean the world to us. Uh, so please do go and do that. Don't forget, guys. Today's episode is sponsored by James Hardy. You can learn more about those fantastic Hardy architectural panels and the A2 fire rated Hardy panel 
over at jameshardy.co.uk telling me came from the world's best construction podcast we really appreciate it keep listening keep tuning in and we'll speak to you guys next week Not me, not this guy. Put that no. in. Not this guy. <laughs> not this guy. Not this guy. I'd rather have uh, soft little, soft little keyboard hands <coughs> sit in my ear yeah. listening. Yeah. And listen to Fred cough in my ear. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I normally mute myself. This is, this is a mute button, mate. <laughs>